Got nine minutes to maximize your travel and casino experience? Welcome to Zorkcast, powered by Travel Zork, helping you travel smarter, gamble smarter, and maximize your adventures. From airline miles and hotel points to living in the lap of luxury in a Las Vegas casino, you'll find all of the knowledge you need to travel in style, brought to you in nine minutes or less. Okay, well, sometimes more than nine minutes, but always less than 36. Now, please welcome the hosts of Zorkcast, your friendly neighborhood American, Michael Mason Traeger, and everyone's favorite Brit, Steve White. Hello, and welcome back to Zorkcast. We're here on another lovely day, myself and Steve, the infamous Las Vegas UK, to have some really good Vegas conversation, and we have so much to talk about. But before we we get to that, I like to do a little bit of like the personal stuff, so... Oh, God. Don't tell them all my secrets. I know, but we were looking at, we were just looking a little while ago. It's so cold in the United Kingdom. I feel so bad it for is. you, Steve, because there's so much it snow. Oh, oh my God. Uh, Did I, I sent you the pictures, right? I have so much snow right now. It's like I know. serious snow. Yeah. I know. I know. So one of our friends in London was wearing a fur hat. I don't know if it was a mink hat. And it jogged my memory. Uh, I totally, one thing I always wanted, which I thought would just fit my persona, would be to have a fur jacket, like a mink jacket or a raccoon, well, raccoon like jacket. Huggy bear style? <laughs> no, just sort of sleek. But, you know, I hadn't thought about it in a long time. I could imagine and- you having this. Action. No, I no, I, I, could, I haven't thought about it in a long time because I was at Encore Boston Harbor. And remember how I told you I was always going outside and I would every once in a while, like there would be some yeah, people outside. Were- and it was one man that was wearing, I think I grabbed a picture of it from behind on our way in because I just had to. He was wearing a killer black mink jacket. Or maybe it's. You've been taking something. pictures of men from behind again. No, I'm just <laughs> saying it, it, it was great. And actually, I, I told him I, when I was passing him, socially distanced, of course, I said, what an amazing jacket. And he's like, yeah, man, I, I won big on this one trip to Vegas and I bought the jacket. So, I mean, there is this whole conversation. It is a certain look that only certain men can pull off. Yes. Any type of fur. Now, of course, let's not talk about it too much because we're going to probably get PETA on us. And Do you think I could pull off fur? Do you think I can pull off fur? No. Absolutely not. Absolutely. You also couldn't pull off a full-length leather jacket. Uh, What what, what could I pull off then? I've been on the spot now, haven't I? Burberry. Oh, okay. I'll take it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, anyway. The, I, was preparing well, myself for an in, I was preparing myself for an insult there, so it's all good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I actually sent an iMessage to my aunt right before this show. This is totally true. I'm like, totally random question. But do we still have my grandmother's mink coats in storage? <laughs> because she's a rather, she was rather a large woman towards the end of her life. So the minks would have been pretty big. So I probably could like turn <laughs> anyway. Never, of course, my aunt sends me back a message that says, I'm starting to worry about you. Yeah, I am starting to worry about you. <laughs> but you know, it's not, they're very warm too. That's Okay, next episode of Zorkast live on YouTube, you need to be wearing a mink coat. No, I don't know. I'm, I don't I don't want to upset anyone. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> on to 
<laughs> on to what we're here to talk about. We did our we did our three minutes of fashion talk. You know that. Will, yeah, that, uh, we're diversifying our content. I think this is good. Uh, y- Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> I think it's very good. So Vegas, I, I just got back from a a rather nice trip to both uh, Encore Boston Harbor. I happened yes. to be at the opening of the hotel for Encore Boston Harbor and Encore Boston Harbor also a few days earlier opened their casino 24 hours. So Encore Boston was operating their casino from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. And while they were operating their casino from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., they decided to close down the hotel. Then Massachusetts Gaming finally gave them authorization to go open the casino 24 hours. That was on Monday, the 25th of January. And then the hotel coincidentally reopened when I was going to be in Boston on the 28th of January. So now, I got was, and I was and, that a genuine coincidence? It was. That's amazing. It is. I I feel like you had planned this, you see, and you there's thought, oh, there's a casino guardian angel that sits yeah. on my shoulder. Meanwhile, over here in the UK, we're still in lockdown. It's like day three hundred of lockdown. <laughs> on today's episode anyway. of on today's episode of Plague Island, the snows <laughs> moved in. <laughs> <laughs> Michael is teasing Steve about his fur coat. <laughs> so, uh, what was interesting about that encore opening weekend? Actually, very interesting about that encore opening weekend is that they didn't sell to the general public, so they only allowed players to come and stay that weekend. So it was really how many nice. would you? How many people would you say were staying then? Was it busy? I have no idea, but what I can tell you from a casino floor percentage. Massachusetts is very strict, possibly one of the strictest jurisdictions in the country. The capacity of Encore pre-COVID is about 15,000 people. It's a very large so casino. Are you, saying, are you saying they're strict in normal times or in relation to COVID? Well, I think they're strict all around. I think in normal okay. times they're strict, but not, you know, but but strict now within capacity mm-hmm. limitations. So so basically their capacity pre-COVID was approximately fifteen thousand. During COVID, their capacity is about forty five hundred, which if you wow. see the size of this casino, it sort of makes sense. On first Saturday night, they were open 24 hours. To the best of my knowledge, from what I was able to find out, they only had about 2,500 people. So they were about at half capacity of the reduced capacity they were allowed to have. And there were no issues. Yeah. Right. Also, COVID capacity, you know, even on the large uh, MIDI Baccarat tables where you could easily fit seven or eight people. In Vegas, you would regularly have about four people or five people at a table like that. In Massachusetts, you only had three to a table. So it was extremely socially distanced. Uh, In addition, Massachusetts is the only jurisdiction that I am aware of in the United States that has not authorized the reopening of their craps, their dice games. So for some reason, they are not comfortable opening dice. I bet you uh, missed that. Because you love dice. I know. I missed it. That's why I did the slot stupidity that you enjoy. Oh, my God. Because we had your double... Yeah, I was going to say, if you haven't seen the video yet, you can go and watch it on YouTube. 
we doubled the money or we attempted to double the money. Maybe I shouldn't spoil the result, but we attempted to double the money from the bet that you lost over the travel ban. I know, I know. Well, hey, but you know what? You did well on that. We bet we bet $100 and then Steve won the bet because the travel ban wasn't lifted. Though I think it actually sort of was lifted. Oh, no, no, no. But we decided, you know, the ruling governing party of Travel Zork, uh, which is Mr. Leo, uh, just decided, decided that you won the bet. And what you decided to do uh, was you wanted me to gamble that $100. So we found one of my favorite machines it was a buddha right we did yeah it was uh was it autumn moon i can't remember it was a dragon oh no no no. wait it was a dragon link it was autumn moon because all i know from you i get great advice from steve which is sort of like getting advice from people at the baccarat table (laughs) you see steve says that autumn moon is good buddha is good the one, the dragon link with the old man is bad. <laughs> this is what I remember from you. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what your opinion is on the Genghis Khan one. He's been okay for me, but I never go to the old man because you told me old man bad. So I don't do the old, the old, I never, the old man. I never win on the old man. But also my other advice to you is Michael says, shall I go to bed? I'm like, no, go and put a thousand dollars in Diamond Queen. <laughs> Which I did not. And we'll get yes, to that in did. a little bit. So I did play some slots at Encore Boston Harbor. There, there's also some other decent plays there, but I, I won't get into that. But I mostly played Baccarat, which was quite enjoyable. I could not play at a squeeze game because the table minimums were $200, which is a little bit too heavy for me. All of the squeeze games upstairs on a mezzanine were 200 But I did play at a very nice $50 mini Baccarat table, and it was quite enjoyable. I, I had a good time. Just very good players. One of the interesting things, I know we're talking about COVID rules and most things don't freak me out. So I'm always using hand sanitizer. Everything, you've got so much plexi there and you're separated so far from the players, but they seem to not have an issue if a player sitting next to you wants to bet behind, which I think is sort of interesting. It doesn't freak me out. It might freak somebody else out in the COVID world. So what that means is if the player that's sitting next to me wanted to bet on the dragon bonus, but didn't want to push out the regular $50 bet on player or banker, and I think probably didn't want to do a $50 bet on a dragon bonus, they allowed that player to pass a chip to me and to put that bet on top of my bet. The same for tie bets. So I did have a player next to me that sometimes didn't want to bet on banker or player, but wanted to bet tie or dragon and would pass me a chip. And then when it won, if it won, I would have to pass them back the winnings, which is a common thing to happen in Baccarat. I will make a distinction This was not true betting behind. What can be very disconcerting at Baccarat, especially in Asia or at full tables, is that literally you can have multiple people standing behind you who are are putting money next to your bets at your spot. And I I really don't – I don't – I really don't like that because it gets very – confusing very Mm. fast because the dealer will stack up all the bets and then when they get paid off you know you've got people like sort of grabbing money and that gets me crazy that they will not allow and they will not allow you know they seemed even though encore is very strict they seemed 
a little bit lax on on spectators, but there aren't a lot mm-hmm. of spectators at Baccarat. Now, I do know that in Las Vegas, they're very strict. I've heard from other people at Wynn with regard to spectators. And where was it? And also, like, Bally's at Dice, like, nobody could spectate. Like, they, if someone stood there for a few moments in Las Vegas, they said, no, no spectators. And I went into the Caesars High Limit Room to watch a couple of the Baccarat games, and I stood for a second. And just as I was there, I must have been there for, like, 45 seconds. I could just about see the dealer about to say to me, we're not allowed to have spectators, and I left. So, uh, <laughs> you know, they are being pretty strict about that. I mean, it's easy. I think they're quicker to tell you no spectators when there are no empty spots at the table, because obviously you have no reason to be standing there if there's not an empty spot. Obviously, if there's an empty spot at the table, if you stood near that empty spot, it would seem logical that you want to look at the game before you sit down, you know, sort of size up the situation. That makes sense. So uh, my stay was really, really good at Encore Boston Harbor. Property is great. As always, I felt very safe there. I... Did not love the fact that they, they do the temperature. If you ever want to go outside and smoke, you constantly on in and out. You're constantly being thermal scanned. I this is why a- you need to quit, Michael. You need to quit. Yes, it's it's only for casinos. <laughs> that's it. So it was pretty good. Everything worked well. They did not have room service operating just because it was the first weekend. They did not also, which was fine because you could go downstairs to places like Mystique. Get could food, you get takeout? Uh, from those places yeah, too. Yeah. And also like Dave and I when we were working one day, we got takeaway wings from the on deck burger bar. And I ordered a bottle of Prosecco from them because it was for the, the BA Zoom. We did that BA Zoom. You didn't show up oh, yeah, for it. Yeah. I don't know why, because you were probably busy with the chickens. But uh yeah, I'm always I'm i I'm just I'm always busy, Michael. I have a very busy oh. life. <laughs> yes, yes, I know, I know. Uh, so uh we wanted to have proper glassware. So I did call down and I did deliver proper glassware, but in the sort of strangeness of it, they said that they would only deliver two champagne or wine glasses and two regular glasses because the occupancy of the room is only four people. So they would deliver. I love the way you say glassware because it's just got a little British lilt to it. Glassware. Yeah. It's like you were living here for so long. It warms my heart. Oh, I'm glad. So that was good. I mean, that was, it was, everything was, oh, no turn down service also in Boston. So there was no turn. That was a, so, but I uh, think the, that. I, and they're back open now, right? Anyone can stay there now. Anyone could stay there. Room services operating as far as I know. Turn down service, I believe, is probably also operating too. But it truly was their first weekend coming back online and everything, everyone was great. You know, they allowed me to check in early. I had I had no problems, uh, no problems at all. The dining is great. All the dining is really good. Red Eight is really good. The on deck burger bar where I had that Bloody Mary is mm-hmm. really good. They also have these great food trucks set up on the casino floor. The one with the hot dogs and the other. I, I mean, everything was was great. I mean, I think the the property is very dialed in. It's a great experience. The spa is very are, COVID I mean, safe too. Very COVID safe. Very COVID safe. Actually, so much COVID safe that they take tracking, contact tracing very, very, very seriously. And supposedly on the morning I was leaving, I must have come in contact with somebody who had COVID and they actually contacted me 
at the end of the week, it was funny, as I was leaving Las Vegas, they contacted me to tell me that I had come in contact with someone. And they, of course, they couldn't give me all of the details other than the date. But they wanted to make sure that they were there to help support me getting a COVID test or working out any of the logistics that I needed. So I'm not sure how they're figuring out or how they're doing their contact tracing. Yeah. Would they have paid I don't if you know. have a COVID test? They offered to pay, yeah. Oh, okay. That's good. Yeah. So I think it's I think it's very fair. And I mean I guess some people might say, I mean, I guess the counter argument to that someone might say to you is like, well, how is it so safe if you came into contact with someone? But you could have let's that could be honest to you at the grocery store. Well and think and think about how many times people come in contact and there isn't a system in place to inform people. So I'm giving them huge amounts of credit here. While I wasn't thrilled to be informed about this, and I was actually driving from Vegas back to Palm Springs at the time that they <laughs> at the time they called me and informed me. I remember me. you, you know, telling me this. So I was like, oh. I, as soon as I got back to Palm Springs, I went to the local place where I could do a test. I mean, part of me was like, okay, well, they're telling me on Monday that I might have come in contact with someone. And of course, remember, mass compliance is very, very strict mm-hmm. at Encore Boston Harbor. So anyone that I came in contact with, they were wearing a mask, I was wearing a mask, and we were most likely distanced. And it was most likely a very short coming into contact. But I mean, I'm just I'm just glad that they have the technologies in place to do that. I think I personally think and it's you, a good thing. You even socially distanced from your wife, didn't you? I did. So when I found that out on the way home, I got home. My wife was aware of that. I wore a mask. We socially distanced. We ate. We we basically had dinner the way they do on the Crown. <laughs> she sat. She sat at one end of the table, and I sat at the way end oh, of the God. table. Michael now thinks yeah. he's royalty. Yes, and I stayed in a separate bedroom and I basically wore my mask around the house and did that just because I wanted to make sure my test came back negative just because. Or I also wanted to find out if, you know, potentially at that point I was going on day six. I mean, if my test came back and I was asymptomatic, you know, because I had a feeling, you know, that I didn't have symptoms, but what if I was asymptomatic? That could be really bad, you know, around my wife. So that was that was good to know, you know? And so- uh you then, to continue the story, just rewinding slightly, tell us the story of what happened with your flight to Vegas. Okay. So, let's get to the Vegas part. So, we did the uh, – so Otherwise, so it's going to be a long episode. It's a little bit confusing, all of this, right? So, I started off in Boston. I was getting my daughter set and bringing her back to university. That went really, really well and coincidentally timed with the opening of Encore Boston where I was able to also see my son and – Really good stuff. So I decided that I was going to be on this Boston trip and I needed to get back to the West Coast. And JetBlue was running a fare special from Boston for JetBlue Mint. Those that are not familiar, Mint is the premium or first class product on It's very JetBlue. nice looking. Really, really nice, but it's usually six, seven, eight, nine hundred dollars, sometimes Easy. as much as sometimes as much as twelve hundred dollars one way. I happened to be able to get this JetBlue Mint for $349 one way, all in with taxes and fees. So, it was a great deal. Of course, yes, it was excellent. Uh, Though it was a flight from Boston to Las Vegas, which 
gets me pretty far west <laughs> or pretty close to California. But I decided I, I had a number of things I wanted to do in Vegas. A lot of it was centered around the new initiative with Travels or Travel, which is basically building on our expertise and also developing the connections with regard to the different properties that we're going to be promoting. Uh, Very with our exciting. Yeah, it's, it's cool. It's cool stuff. So I was very busy that. So it was a combination that week of site visits at MGM and at Wynn, as well as some meetings with Las Vegas Advisor, because we are also running a similar program for Las Vegas Advisor. So it was, it was really actually a very busy work week. I also was able to have lunch with Mark Meltzer, which is always wonderful. And we also had another dinner at that great dumpling place with a couple of different travel agents who I'm also working with to help develop more travel agent business and promotions for Las Vegas. So it was it was and a pretty busy we had a live stream. We had a live stream too. And we had a live stream too, which I thought was pretty cool. So we, we really were pretty busy that week, actually. Actually, we were so busy that week. This is a historical first. Ooh. It is the, I was in Vegas. Uh, so I should get back to my job. <laughs> you see, I'm all over the place. We'll get back to the start. You're going to have to wait for the historical first. I hope I don't forget it. The short term memory ain't so great. So what happened with JetBlue is, of course, at the same time, so the storm was. A, a snowstorm was coming into Boston. So the JetBlue flights from Boston to San Diego and Boston to Las Vegas were canceled. I was able to get on Boston to Los Angeles. And I was also able to get Mint and a really good Mint seat. They have some seats that are single. So basically, it's 2-2-1-1-2-2-1-1. So I was able to get a great seat. Unfortunately, I had to fly to Los Angeles, which was probably all the better because I was up early in the morning. So I only had one, I had half of one cocktail to try it, but I basically tried all the food and beverage, but then mostly slept for the flight because when I got to LA, I decided to just drive to Vegas because I had a checked bag and I didn't want to schlep my checked bag from the JetBlue terminal to United and then wait to get on another flight. I thought it was just easier to get in the car to get the car at Los Angeles. And on top of it, I was going to need a car anyway to drive back from Las Vegas to Palm Springs. So it really, I got a great deal on the car. Yeah, it just made sense. So I drove. So it was a really long day because I woke up at Encore after a few hours of sleep at 4 a.m. to get myself packed up and to get a Duncan. And I had a limo at 6 a.m. to the airport. And I then had to, you know, I got into Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Is that how you would say it? I got into Los Angeles at... (laughs) About approximately 11 in the morning, and then I had to go to Avis, rent a car, then drive the four hours to Vegas. So it was a little bit tiring, but it, it was fine. The drive was great. I happen to love the drive, and I hate driving. I was extremely I really worried about Michael because I didn't hear from him for hours, which is unusual because he's always bugging me. So I was very worried. I'm sorry. Well, because I don't text and drive. Okay. I was just listening. I was just listening to my Frank Sinatra or techno music alternating. You mean you went uh, to the country? No, that's the one genre I don't listen to. So we were talking about the busy week. And this is interesting because whenever I go to Las Vegas, I, I said to somebody recently, Las Vegas 
is always so exciting and so fascinating to me. No matter how many times I've gone, no matter what reason it is, no matter whether there is a pandemic or there isn't a pandemic, I will tell you, it is still fucking amazing to be in Las Vegas. Now, of course, that's a very personal feeling. But of course, what's challenging on this week was I really had a lot of work stuff to do. And I had gambled a lot. Well, I gambled a bunch at Encore. I was sort of done with the gambling thing. But I was itching to play dice because there was no craps in Massachusetts. So what was interesting about this trip, I was extremely strategic and targeted. I stayed four nights at Bally's, uh, pre-upgraded to a Jubilee premium suite, and the 1980s are calling and requesting back their hot tub anytime soon. Did you, and did you go in I it? I did not. I had no time no. for that. But uh, it was a great. It, it was a pretty cool retro suite, even though it's been renovated in the last five years or so. It's very, very large, though very sparse furnishing, but it has one of those big tubs in the middle of the bedroom. So I had that for four nights comp. And then the final night, also a first, well, maybe a second. I've done it once before. I actually decided I wanted to pay for a night. Yeah, I was going to say, you've definitely done it before because you've talked about it on this podcast when you stayed at the win. Yes, it's the second time I've done it before. So I had four nights comp. I don't feel I ever need to play that much at, at Caesars Properties because I think they sort of hate me anyway. So I- They can't I, let I you did, go back. <laughs> they don't they hate me that much. keep pumping you all the time. Well, anyway, I had a hankering. I had a hankering for dice. So I wanted to play one dice session. So I, I played one serious dice session for close to four hours, starting at one o'clock in the morning. I forget which morning it was. It was, it was before the – it was must have been Tuesday into Wednesday because we talked about it on the live stream. And it was a really – was I? Wasn't that the oh, yeah. that you went back to the wrong room? Oh yes, yes. So it was. It was a good. It was a. It was a good dice session. Well, I finished up with a fantastic roll. So a couple of informations for those who love information for those who love dice. Bally does not have plexiglass at the dice table. Since they do not have plexiglass at the dice table, that means they only allow three people on a side. In general, in Las Vegas, most casinos, such as Win Las Vegas, and I think also Paris, which also has plexiglass, as well as Bellagio, if they have plexiglass, they usually at this point are allowing four people on a side. Right. I personally like the tables without plexiglass, and it's a really nice element only having six people at the dice table. It's very chill, though it is hard to get on and you don't have many tables. This was also a $10 table, which was quite unusual because all of the dice tables at Paris were 15 Caesars seems to remain to be pretty much so $25 tables and up. I can't figure that out. And Caesars, I saw some of the tables now have plexiglass. So I guess they're sort of all over the place on this stuff. So it was it was the kind of table that I like at Bally's. One, I like a $10 table because uh, for those who want to drink a little bit during their game, it's so much easier to do three, four, five times odds with only $10 on the line. It also gives you a really nice spread, but it was it was a great game. I did not play any of the weird proposition bets, and they also had the repeater bet there, and I didn't play the all-tall-small stuff because I don't did, really did, like that. Didn't you miss a bet, too, because you were too busy talking to me? Yes, because I chase, I tr- chase midnights and yos. 
which means I chase 11s and 12s. And I think, I think I missed one 12. So you probably owe me, uh, you, you owe me, you owe me some money. You owe me probably twenty nine dollars. Uh, <laughs> I'll send you a check. I'll send you a check. <laughs> yes, uh, but but it was good. The drink service was very good. I could not get any glassware. That was a no go. Uh, oh, and no tell, way. Tell, tell the Fiji water story too. Oh, the Fiji water story. Yes. So i I really had to. Uh, I really had to pull some strings there to get the Fiji water. So the Fiji water, I, I was able to do that by flashing a seven stars card. And she said she needed to go get it approved. I don't know exactly what happened. I think she didn't really get it approved. I think she just went and got me Fiji waters. This, of course, brought off incredible memories of, of water approvals at Borgata. That's another episode. <laughs> but, but of course, when I start to hear you need to get approved for it, but I did get my Fiji water. But then later in the night, a very nice gentleman who was stick left. So he was stick left. I would stick right. He had been there a while before I got there. He was another pretty serious. Everyone was a pretty serious player at this table. At one point, he looked over and go to the cocktail waitress and said, he has Fiji water. And it was a new cocktail waitress or something. And he's like, I'm Diamond Plus. And she's like, I'm sorry, but we can't give you Fiji water. <laughs> <laughs> So yes, this is what we've come to. But I had uh, the other drink service was fine. The only weird, strange thing is Caesars is not as expected. They're not doing. I mean, one of the best one of the best additional comps is cigarette comps, and Caesars is not doing discretionary uh, cigarette comps. So if you ask for a cigarette comp, they go to pull it from your reward credits, which is not really a cigarette comp. There's no issue with cigarette comps at, at Wynn Las Vegas. You can get, you know, cigarettes just by asking. They look at the pit boss and they just bring you your cigarettes with your cocktail. So that's an interesting Caesar's distinction to looking make. after your health, Michael. Yeah, but they're they're willing to charge you what nineteen nineteen dollars worth of worth of like nineteen thousand reward credits for a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> no, that's one hundred and ninety is nineteen hundred. Uh, so that was good, really good session. They rated me really well. They rated me more than I deserved, which made me very happy. I also finished with a really good roll where I decided that I needed to try to win back a little bit of my losses, which is something I don't suggest. But I guess if I only have one recreation session of dice for the week. So I, I was $25 on the line with full odds and I did hit one $25 hard eight, which I did not parlay since it was a $25 hard eight to begin with. But it was a really nice roll. I think it did about three points and a bunch of numbers. So it was good stuff. And at that point, I colored up and uh, staggered back to my room. Well, actually, I, I totally blame this on – this is 100% This is a hundred percent Steve's fault. Oh yeah, of course, because I was I because was you were what's you were you were WhatsApping me, and I was going to the elevator, and you distracted me, so I went to the wrong floor. That's, Bear in mind, I went to this. For me, this is like breakfast time. It's like eight in the morning, and Michael is steaming drunk. <laughs> and and I went to the sixtieth floor because you confused me. Okay, you confused mm. me, so I went to the sixtieth instead of the sixty second <laughs> floor. But I, I blame that a hundred percent on you because you were distracting okay. me from going up to my room. Okay, I'll, yeah, you blame me. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there'll be a time. But the other first, so the first is that that is the only session I played. So I was in Vegas. 
I was in Vegas from Monday until Friday, and I played one dice session that was shy of four hours. I did not put a single penny, dime, dollar, or anything in a slot machine or video poker machine. I tried not to even make try. you. I tried to tempt you. Yeah, he did. Um, And actually, he almost got me there because on my (laughs) final night, I was going on the way back from Caesars to Aria because I was staying my final night at Aria. And my final night at Aria, I was like, okay, Steve, what should I go play? And he's like, take $1,000. You've never played at Aria before and go play your Buddha. First, you said, go play your Buddha. You told me to go because you want to make me happy. So you want me to go play the Dragon League Buddha because I like the Dragon League Buddha because Buddhas make me happy. And and then I said, eh, I don't know if I want to do that. And then I think I said to you at some point, well, if I'm going to do that, maybe I should just go play dice again because why would I want to play slots when I could just go and play dice for a couple of hours? Yes. And that upset Steve. <laughs> but uh, so so then he said, "Go." He started to go on about this Diamond Queen machine, which I it's don't amazing. Think He's like, "This machine is amazing. Take a thousand dollars, put it in the machine. If you hit the bonus, you'll definitely get a hand pay." This is totally what slot players say. This is the brilliance of slot players. Like, if you hit a bonus. You will definitely get a hand pay as if there's some like massaging of the machine. No, but or this something machine, I... if you hit the bonus, it is always a hand pay. Look it up on YouTube. It's like getting a bonus. It's all like, it's like a guaranteed hand pay. I know, but I have to hit the bonus. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the hard thing. It's very hard to hit the bonus. <laughs> <laughs> you left that I mean, part out. I do, yeah. I, I put a few thousand in there and not hit the bonus, but I just left that part out. Let me give you the two ways that we can say that statement, okay, right now. The one way to say it is, Michael, take $1,000, go play Diamond Queen. When you hit the bonus, you're going to get a hand pay. That's one way to say it. The other way to say it is, Michael, take $1,000. You're probably going to lose the $1,000 because you won't hit a bonus. And then in that case, you won't get a hand pay. Is that, that's about accurate, right? But where's the fun in that? Where's the fun in that? I, th- I think you should definitely have played it. And I think you would have come home much happier a person if you'd done so. <sighs> but I came home a happy person. Yeah, but you'd been even happier. Yeah, but you know what? I couldn't really figure out the value proposition of me playing at Aria. You know, my. Well, I- this is the thing. It's not like you were comped there. So there was no right. need for you to play. Exactly. And you didn't want to. You end up in a situation where if you're going to play, you need to play up to your normal level. Otherwise, you're just going to. Uh, hurt yourself in terms of comps. Exactly. Because my regular Theo, I have not played at MGM in years uh, until I once got kicked out at Baccarat. It's a very long story, though, but that's another story. You love long time. stories. Just, I'm not going to get into that, uh, but it was at MGM. It wasn't my fault. <laughs> oh, it's never, uh, it's never his fault. But basically, my, my theoretical is, is really good from Borgata. And I I have no play in Las Vegas at any of the MGM properties. So I sort of feel if I played, I would want to play seriously or at least have a semi-serious session. What happened is that night, honestly, is I fell asleep. <laughs> and it's true. I was tired. He, he, no. Let, let's just let's explain this properly. He said to me, I'm just going to go up to my room and then I'll come back down and I'll play Diamond Queen. Next thing I know, he takes a picture of him in bed. Hmm. I was just resting. That sounds very. That sounds really dodgy, doesn't it? He's sending me pictures from his bedroom 
Oh my goodness gracious. So so that's what so that's what happened. And then I needed to drive the next day and I wasn't gonna play in the morning. I think you were trying Always to get excuses. me to play in the morning. Always but, excuses. I did actually try to get you to play in the morning. My my words were Diamond Queen, capital letters. <laughs> yes, I know, I know. I you kept saying it over and over. But you know what? I, I wasn't influenced by you at all. But you were the this stronger, is a good stronger man. Yes, but this is a good entry into my stay at Aria, which I paid for. Oh. So I booked the Aria Virtuoso rate, which was very good for the one night on a Thursday. Michael, what do you mean by very good? Well, the total price for my room at Aria. Wasn't that my line? <laughs> oh yes, you go. Okay, you can do that now. Why don't okay, I'll step back. So I booked my stay at Aria for one night. I forgotten the line. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we really sorta of suck at this. <laughs> <laughs> the amazing thing is it'd be imagine if we were drinking. So <laughs> I, I, I am drinking. I'm drinking a gin and tonic. Like a true Englishman. Uh, like a true Englishman. With not enough ice. Well, it's melted. I've been drinking okay. this for like the last 40 minutes, listening to you drone on. <laughs> okay, well. <laughs> I'm just getting mean now, aren't I? It's the alcohol. Some of us have a lot to say because we could travel <laughs> to Vegas. Oh. <laughs> we are really like an old married couple. This is like turning into an episode of bickering. Yeah. So, uh, so anyway, so I booked the, uh, I booked Aria and Aria for that night came to $143.20, which in and amongst itself is nothing to really, you know, set off fireworks over. No. Now that $143.20 does include a resort fee of $40. So I am telling you the all in price with taxes and resort fee was $143.20. But, the virtuoso rate included one hundred dollars in food and beverage credit, and so, you, in a, so in a way that means you're already down to forty three dollars, right? Plus sixty dollars in credit for breakfast, which when you're one person is rather amazing. But we'll get to that. So it included That's a big breakfast. Yeah, it's your kind of breakfast. It's like a double. It's your kind it's, it's of a, breakfast. <laughs> it's a double English breakfast. Uh, yeah, uh, I really don't like English breakfast. Actually, when I went to when I went to lunch at Tableau with uh, Mark Meltzer, and he was looking at the menu and he had breakfast. He's like, "Ooh, you should order the English breakfast in honor of Steve." I'm like, oh, I hate <laughs> but you did eat one once in honor of me before, before you left the UK. It was my last day in the UK. Yeah. That's why. I, I had that just, just to honor you. Yeah. It was very nice. But the bacon's not crispy, so I don't like it. I only like crispy bacon. I don't like it. You sounded very British the way you said that. Every uh, so often, there's that little lilt in your voice. Does your wife have yes. that too, or is it just you? I think it's just me. And Mr. Leo. Oh, yeah, of course. He has a little bit of an English bark. <laughs> oh my god what is this episode <laughs> so I the nice thing about the $60 break so we basically are dealing with $160 in credits on a, a room that's $143.20 and I did say that it makes that no sense Michael it makes no sense that's right but it worked wonderfully so the $100 credit I used at that great Taiwan dumpling place do you know how to pronounce it 
Where is it? Uh, I have no idea how to pronounce it because I don't think I've been because I think it's opened since I was last able to go to Vegas. You know, and Gilbert did a wonderful article on this place. I actually wrote about it in the Travels or Weekly Newsletter. I'm trying to throw stuff into the Weekly Newsletter to make it more of a value proposition for people that they get to get something different in the newsletter that's sent out every Monday that also lists the Travels or articles of the week. So it's called Din Tai Fung. So it's, yeah, people call it DT. Sounds like a slot machine. Sounds like one of those slot machines. Oh, it sounds like the Jin Long, the Jin yeah. Long 888. I stayed away from that machine. I was looking yes, at you it. Were, I, you were very well behaved. Yes, yes. That's my other machine that I love is Jin Long triple. And you kind, of, you kind of love Top Dollar. Top Dollar and I have fallen out of a relationship lately. Uh, and I know you love Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> no, I hate Wheel of Fortune. That's a horrible game. It really is. You know, I never want to. So anyway, I so we used a hundred dollar dinner credit. The fun fun thing is, it was three of us, so we had three hundred dollars for dinner. So we actually had four people at dinner. By the way, very important to understand: Las Vegas is still at twenty five percent occupancy. You can only have four people at a table for dinner. Absolutely, positively, there is no way to have more than four people at, ta- at a table for dinner. That means even if you are a family of five, you will have a table of four, and then six feet away, you will have a table of one. You cannot have more than four people at a table. That is one of the major restrictions. That is not a restriction in Boston. Okay. <laughs> so, But it is good to understand in Vegas that Restaurants are 25% occupancy. The most number of people at a table is four. Another thing is that the video poker bar, you know, the bar tops are open in Mm -hmm. Las Vegas, uh, you know, with drink service and everything. So you can still go to the bar tops. They're socially distanced with plexiglass. So I went to the one – I actually met a flyer talk friend from a while ago and I went to the one at Bally's uh, and we were separated by plexiglass, uh, but we we were at the bar. So that worked uh, fine. By the way, the bar comping there has also been devalued. Oh, massively. That's a whole other episode. We'll talk about that another time. (laughs) Yeah. Now, Boston, the bar is not open, but the bar tops are open. (laughs) So you can sit at the bar and play, but you can't get a drink anymore in Boston. So sure. Take it for what it means. So anyway, we used that $100 credit for dinner. It's a restaurant I always wanted to try. It was $100 I would have spent if I was staying at Caesars. So that worked out pretty well. And then you're going to say $60 breakfast. What did you do with that? Well, instead of going for the posh breakfast at the – what is it called? Salt and Ivy? Is that the name yes. of the restaurant? Oh, yes. You can use your breakfast credit at Salt and Ivy, I think it is, or you can use it at uh, the Patisserie. Is that how you say it? Patisserie? Is that the correct well, that's pronunciation? Very, that's very French, but yeah, that's that's correct. And it's quite, it's actually quite good value, I seem to recall, for Vegas. It's, it's good value for Vegas, but here's what's really nice. You have effectively a $60 credit. So if you're one person, you can get yourself a bunch of Red Bulls or Fiji's or lemonades or, you know, pastries or things to or croissants. So you could take away a bunch of things and you could eat them during the day or later in the day. What did I please do? Tell me, also- please tell me you got a bunch of stuff and you ate it in the car as you were driving home. No. Almost. Oh, Half. You shouldn't have what I did what, what I wanted to do is because I was testing all of this stuff. I want to <laughs> calm down. Uh, what I wanted to I do is love, I, to, I just, I just, I just love snacks. 
I know you do. So what I did, what I wanted, what I wanted to do is I wanted to make sure that if you purchased it in two per, two purchases, it worked fine, which I had reason to believe it was. So what I needed to do in the morning is I went down and I got a croissant and a cappuccino. And I then walked to Paris and I took some beautiful pictures. This is very early in the morning as the sun was rising, just before 6 a.m. Because I had left my car at Bally's. I had not moved my car to Aria. So I had moved because I was in a rush the morning I was moving. So I didn't have time to do the whole parking lot thing because they don't have valet parking. So I got my car, brought it to Aria. And then after I got my car and brought it to Aria, I got myself a really nice breakfast sandwich. I actually have pictures of this stuff. I got myself a really nice breakfast sandwich and an iced Americano. You know my love of iced coffees. I also got myself a lemonade and a big Fiji and I think one or two other things for the ride. I don't remember. But anyway, I spent – I knew what I spent on my first visit to Croissant and uh, Cappuccino I think were like $10. So then I knew I had about another $50 to spend that I think I spent like 46 or 47 So maybe not perfect. But it was nice because I could do it in two visits. And, and that you know, you, too, too yeah. Fun. And I thought that, yeah. which I think is a, a really good way to do it. I mean, I think it's a, it's a really great way to do it, you know, because you don't have to do it all at once. Obviously, if you're one person, it's, it's quite a bit. We're going to have to end this episode soon because it's gone way too long. So, uh, the so other thing that two $30 credits, technically, right? Two $30 credits. But if you're one person, you get it as yeah. a $60 yeah. credit. The other thing I tested at Aria because I wanted to make sure this was correct. With the Virtuoso reservation, we were able to add my M Life Platinum number. By adding my M Life Platinum number to the Virtuoso reservation, it allows your reservation to show up in the MGM Resorts app. When that happens, that allows you to check in on the app. Very, very nice. Especially uh, so COVID times. Right. So I was able to check it on the app. I got my upgrade, which is the one level upgrade to a view room. And the app was able to send me a notification after checking in. And there's a way the app allows you to do your ID. So it allows you to do your ID and your credit card. So you don't even have to show up at the front desk. This is true automated check-in the right way. And then I got a notification a little bit after 10 o'clock that my room was ready. One of the advantages of Virtuoso is you're supposed to get early check-in, which is really not supposed to be till around noon. You're supposed to get late checkout till four. So I got the notification. I left Bally's. I went over and it also drops the key to your phone. So I was able to basically show up in an Uber right at the Port Couchere at Aria and go directly to the elevator bank where you have to show your key card at the elevator bank. You just show the key from the app. And I was able to unlock the floor from the elevator as well as unlock the door. I do suggest that you do eventually get an actual key. Yeah. Because, because it will just make dies. it quicker. For, yeah, yeah. And also it makes it quicker for the elevator. It's a little tricky sometimes to do. Like if you're holding things, you know, it's one thing when you get in front of your room, you can always put down your coffee or put things down to oh. <laughs> to open your door. But when you get in an elevator, you sort of want to be able to push the button. And yeah. if you don't, the elevator might go somewhere else. So I do suggest you do it. But the nice thing here is it allows a person, especially a person even with no status, to avoid the check-in line, which on a crowded night can be quite significant in Vegas. So I, yes, I thought... And, I, I, and one thing I really like about Aria that I think we should probably mention here is the security um, is excellent. So when you're to get to the elevator, you have to show your key card. And then when you go in it, you can only select the floor that you're booked on, which is really good. Right. Yes. But... 
I guess that is the best security. You need to show your key and then it will only allow you to select the floor that you're booked on. I still prefer the way Wynn does it at Tower Suites now, and that is the guy at the podium tests to see if your key is valid, and then you uh, go in the elevator, and you don't have to use it in the elevator again. I do agree idea. with you. This floor-specific thing is fine, but Lee, let's be honest here. If you're staying in t- – you know, say you were on one floor of Tower Suites and I was on another and I needed to come to your room. It's really inconvenient, and I also like the idea at Wynn. The guy at the security desk is scanning the card – and then you could just put your shit in your pocket <laughs> and just get in the elevator and press the button and go up to the room. So I, I guess we could argue it. But either way, security is great. I felt very comfortable in all of these places. I also did – I think the next episode, we're just going to talk about the site visits. We're going to talk about yes. the room products because I did an extensive site visit viewing all of the regular rooms as well as the really nice hospitality suite and corner suite at Aria. And I also did great tours of the ultra premium uh, two-bedroom apartment and three-bedroom duplex at Encore. But we're going to have to do that for another – We are. Uh, another out of time. Exactly. <laughs> this so, is like one of those nine-minute episodes, right? Oh, wow. 50. <laughs> yeah, this is this is a little bit too long. I really encourage you to go to our travel booking page at the top yes. of the Travel Zork, you know, the mobile menu, there's a little suitcase that'll bring you there. You can actually type Travel Zork Travel travelzorktravel.com that will bring you to the travel zork page. Also, please do uh, it. Please do it because we I, I also get suggest- really good rates. I also suggest you look at ZorkOffer.com, which also shows some credit card deals. And here's the thing about what we're doing at Travels or Travel. We're really trying to integrate you booking revenue rooms with comp rooms. And there are sometimes some people have asked us and we said, no, use the comp for that. Or, oh, you've got one night comp at Cosmo, but you need another night. Okay, we'll use the Cosmo night for this night. And then let's do the Virtuoso night on this night. So we're really – you know, I feel that Steve and I and our entire team also at uh, Las Vegas Advisor, which includes Mike Friedman with me, I feel we're really, you know, we understand what's going on. We understand that you might yeah. be leveraging comp rooms and revenue rooms and different types of stay. We also understand you might want upgrades. Like, yeah. I guess we should talk about it next time. We should talk more about win. We should. A lot of focus on win. But it is easy, easy to get upgraded to a parlor suite at win. And they are knock your socks off. So that's another good thing to talk about. And the other thing is, I don't want this to turn into a sales pitch, but when you book through us, you are literally booking with me, with Michael. So you're getting that personalized service. And we know Vegas. You're going to get these benefits. You're going to get, you can, we will book you a $140 rate. And you'll get a hundred dollar in in food and beverage. We can say to you, well, you know what? You might want to book that room. If you book this room, which is only twenty dollars more, you're probably going to get an upgrade upgrade to a parlor suite, which is like seven hundred dollar value. So check it out; it's definitely worth doing, even if you're comped, because you might want to think about, oh, I want that extra night. It's great for UK visitors because sometimes you're flying in and it's you've been on a ten hour flight. You're landing at nine o'clock at night. You just want to go to sleep and wake up fresh for the next day. Right. And you don't want an extra day of play, maybe if you're arriving at 11 o'clock at night or something. Anyway, thank you for listening. We hate to sound too salesy. So, but that's, it's, (laughs) but actually part of it is we're just really excited. It's just a great thing. Steve, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me as always. Great. And until next time. 
You've reached the end of your stay with us on this episode, but we encourage you to visit our website for more resources at TravelZork.com and to continue the conversation on Twitter and Insta at TravelZork and on the ZorkCast Facebook group. Travel smarter, gamble smarter, and maximize your adventures right here on ZorkCast. Until next time, dream big and remember, a dollar won is twice as sweet as a dollar earned. 